Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, football. We've got the football podcast. Uh, not everybody's here. No. We are a man down, a man short, a man in the locker room. But it's fine. We think we can do it, just the three of us. Find out if that's true in a moment. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Share the podcast around. If you've got a football fan in your life, send them this podcast. They might enjoy it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. You are referring to body weight, I presume. Like, no, the, like uh, sheer, sheer mass. Sheer, the sheer amount of love that you hold in your heart for the mighty imps. Now, something that I haven't addressed is that I could tell you a story about Lincoln, but I can only imagine that it is in no way a story for this kind of podcast. So. Unfortunately, I can't. I can't regale you with my fondness for Lincoln, uh, even though I, I do have some fondness for Lincoln. And now, now their football team. I I didn't know if it was the uh, the thing where you were going to say it's definitely not something that's broadcastable. Um, but I, I suppose you kind of did say that in a sort of roundabout way. So, but anyway. So, yes, we're here to bring you the uh, the rundown and uh, shenanigans and happenings of week four in our predictions. Prediction games for week five. But before we get to that, we've got some transfer roundups to do. So, as Mr. Moore's not here, I'll have to give the Forest updates. And that's quite good, because for Borough, there are <coughs> zero. No incomings, no outgoings in the last week. So, Borough's transfer business, done and dusted, very quickly. From a Nottingham Forest perspective, 
as uh, as is the way with our podcast, uh, Mr. Moore covered it last week. Um, I believe mere seconds after us uh, zipping up our recording pants, uh, the confirmation came through of Gonzalo Montiel, an Argentinian right back, joining on a season-long loan from Sevilla. He uh, comes from Sevilla, so obviously won the Euro, uh, Europa League last season, and is also an Argentinian national. I believe Mr. Moore was saying took the winning penalty. In the World Cup final, so he's uh, clearly a man with pedigree. No, don't don't just adjust the adjust the, the dial. You are listening to the rest of the podcast, and we're not talking about football. Um, they have also brought in an attacking midfielder, Andre Santos, from Chelsea, again on a season-long loan. So that just boosts their attacking options for the rest of the season. There is one outgoing from a Nottingham Forest perspective. Right back Omar Richards, who they signed last season from Bayern Munich, has gone out. Surprise, surprise. On a season long loan. And I bet you can't guess which team he's gone to. That's right. It's Olympiacos. Because, of, of, of course, if Forrest are struggling to get rid of players, what do they do? Just send them to one of the other clubs that the owner owns. Standard behaviour. So, yeah, Omar Richards has moved on a season long loan to Olympiacos to get some games. The last thing, uh, the last update from a Nottingham Forest perspective is not an incoming or an outgoing from a transfer perspective, but it is da, 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 a shirt sponsor. After a year of trying, they've finally got a front of shirt sponsor. So, let me just go to the, uh, the announcement. So, this is directly from Nottingham Forest's website. Nottingham Forest is pleased to announce a two-year partnership with Kion Sports. The prominent Asian digital sports platform as the club's official front of shirt partner. This collaboration will see the Kayun Sports logo featured on Forest's men's first team shirts for the 2023-24 campaign. The partnership is set to kick off this evening, debuting in Forest's Carabao Cup second round match against Burnley at the City Ground. So they have it. They finally managed to obtain a full sponsor for their kit. Stu! Whole mm. city on whole city business. I apparently, according to my list, I have one in, one out. Is that correct? Officially, that is what I have too. Um, just just on the back of the forest news as well, as well. Uh, this time next week, we may be talking about them potentially of signing uh, Callum Hudson a doy. Seeing that's kind of doing the rounds today, which would yeah. be a good signing. But but also as well, rumours of Brennan Johnson on his way. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those ones where I've I've kind of not brought up like gossip, like transfer gossip, like kind of sort of because you can get into a bit of a sort of a slippery territory and like you could be sat talking for hours because Borough have been linked with about eight different players in the last like two seconds, um, and obviously Forest, given like what they did last summer. Probably they'd be about 800 players. So Well, we, we could have still been doing the podcast now from last summer transfer window if we were talking about the people of Forest. Uh, uh, yes. um, but, but obviously, who knows, Mr. Moore may be able to confirm or deny the, uh, the rumours next week when, once they, uh, the transfer window is closed. Because well, this, this will be the penultimate week of transfer news for now, won't it? I believe it either closes tomorrow not to date the podcast, but the 31st of August, or possibly the 1st of September, given that the 1st is a Friday, that might potentially keep open for a Friday. But we'll okay, see. So if we are if we are purely, purely basing it on official 
uh, over the line, uh, ins and outs. Then the out this week is Ryan Woods, uh, midfielder for Hull City, has gone to Bristol Rovers on a season-long loan. Uh, not a bad move for him, to be honest. Uh, he should excel um, for them because he's 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 a he's a gritty midfielder. He's, he's one of them ones that's a bit like a terrier. He's not necessarily huge in stature, but he just runs his nuts off the entire game, and he does work for the team. So, um, wishing him well there because I, I do like him. Um, and the other official one is I'd written on my notes for the podcast when I was getting everything ready yesterday. We need a goalkeeper. And before we came to recording, from the time of me making my notes, we have signed a goalkeeper. Um, so Ryan Alsop um, is here to hopefully play out from the back in the style that Liam Rossini wants to do. So I hope to God he has actual feet, because uh, Matt Ingram certainly doesn't. Anyway, um, he's, he's one that began his career uh, in your better half neck of the woods. Paul, because he uh, he started from uh, his youth career at West Brom. Um, he, he played for Wigan. Um, he's played for Millwall. We'll not talk about that so much. Um, but yeah, his his last club before us, um, I believe, was Cardiff. I want to say. Um, but he's, he, he's played under Rossini before um, during his time at Derby as well. And just just to tick the box for Andy, um, it's just come to my attention as well that he also spent a little bit of time at Lincoln City. So, he just now needs Middlesbrough and indeed Nottingham Forest to become the first player on the podcast to play for all four teams. Um, so he's 50% of the way there. But yeah, Ryan Alsop signed... Um, I think it's a two-year deal, I think. Very, very nice. Obviously, this time next week, the, the this section of the podcast, I would imagine, will be extensively long, longer. Like I said, as the transfer window will closed by this point next week. Uh, and I would imagine that Borough will do at least two or three signings, maybe a couple of outgoings. I'd imagine it'll potentially be the same at Hull and at Forest. Sadly mm. uh, for Mr Cook, we won't be doing the transfer dealings in and out of Lincoln City, as um, didn't nobody got time for that. But you know, that is what it is, and we might get there eventually. We'll have a look at Andy's body at the end of the season. We'll see which tattoo he has indeed got, and then for next season's podcast, that will absolutely we'll we'll do the transfer dealings of that team on the reg. So. Week four's predictions. We started the game on a Friday night. And much similar to the game the previous week, it also was not on TV. This saw Hull City taking on Bristol City. Didn't need to be on the TV though, did it, Mr. Wimmersy, as you were there in person to see it? I was. Um, very excited to get to go to the uh, first in-person game of the season, um, had two very small people with me who were also very excited, especially as pre-match they decided to get the old flamethrowers out and put the light show on because it was a night game. A particular highlight of that was when each of the flamethrowers split into four different beams. Honestly, the boys could have gone home then and they would have been happy and we would have also had the same amount of points um, as the score was nil-nil at that time as we would at full time. 
as the game did finish in a draw. So the, the score was officially Hull 1, Bristol City 1. Um, it was a fair result. I would say Hull were probably the better team in the first half, Bristol better team in the second. Um, for the Hull goal, it was a lovely move down the right-hand side, including a hilarious no-look pass that was a complete accident. Um, such, I think it was Traore that played the ball further up the line. The lap was running to try and sort of bring the ball more into the centre of the pitch. And as he turned to look where the ball had gone, it just hit him in the side of the face, but perfectly went back to Traore again. Um, if he meant that, definitely didn't mean it. Um, but yeah, ball, ball headed back to Traore. The lap then made some space in behind the uh, Bristol City left back. Cut it back to the edge of the 18-yard box where Tufan hangs out these days, apparently. And, uh, and smashed it in very very similar to his goals against Sheffield Wednesday um, great that it's worked again makes me panic slightly that that seems to be the move that we have and teams will work out very quickly so that will probably dry up in the coming weeks um, but yeah the ref had a bit of a shocker I mean I know that was at a game in person so that's kind of you know, particularly against my team. So, of course, I'm going to say that. But he booked Jacob Greaves on eight minutes when a Bristol City player ran into the back of Jacob Greaves, which was just nuts, absolutely nuts. Um, also, as well, as Bristol kind of grew into the game closer to half-time, uh, they did get the ball in the back of the net. It took the linesman around 45 seconds to ask the referee if it was offside or not. What he was looking for was who the ball came off last. And because the liner clearly wasn't watching the game, hadn't a clue, um, Bristol were all off celebrating. The referee finally made the right call because it was offside by an absolute mile. Uh, but it created a bit of needle that it didn't really need. Um, but heading into half-time, Hull managed to cling on to the lead. However, that only lasted until the 62nd minute when Naki Wells popped up to score an equaliser. And in fairness, Bristol probably could have gone on to win it from there. Um, but yeah, there was positives in the game. Scott Twine, obviously the, the new signing on, on loan from Burnley, looked great. Um, Louis Coyle had an absolute belter of a game. Um, but yeah, fair result. Decent atmosphere for, for what it was on a Friday night. Still 19,500 there as well. Um, so all, all in all, pretty good. Not too disappointed. Not too bad. Obviously not Hull's first game of the season, but certainly your first time watching in the season. So not a bad way, not a terrible way to start off the season. Predictions-wise... Um, myself, Mr Moore and Mr Cook were all super optimistic and had gone for Hull City wins. Myself and Mr Cook, uh, sorry, myself and Mr Moore had gone 2-1, whereas Andy had gone for a 1-0 with Syed Manesh to get the goal. So sadly, no points for Mr Cook. Um, myself and Mr Moore do get bonus points as we both had two fan to score. So a point there for each of us. Uh, Stu had picked two goal scorers the lap and James, so sadly no points there, but he didn't predict a 1-1 draw. So he gets the 
for two points for the result. So, we move on to Manchester United versus Nottingham Forest. Now, obviously, he is not here to give us the breakdown of the, of the Manchester United Forest game. So, between us, we can always try and tag team this. Have you seen the highlights, Stu? Um, I haven't actually seen any of this. However, I was kind of roughly following it along based on the fact that my phone was going mental when the game was off. Um, right from the off, because I, let's just say I mean, it probably be described as a dream start for the fact that Forest were 1-0 up away from home after two minutes mm. with a, a Tewo a one-year goal. Um Although I wish the people on Sky Sports News could say it one year. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's super impressive that they really struggled with that name. Yeah, the opener was, like you like said there, scored by Tyro Wonyi. Um, almost literally out of nothing. Uh, I believe Man United had a corner. Um, and the ball was cleared. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White managed to get a head on it just on the edge of his own boxes to knock it up to a Wonyi. He would then just broke at breakneck pace. Um, so obviously he pretty much out, he pretty much outpaced Marcus Rashford, which is pretty impressive because Rashford's quick. Um, basically ran three quarters of the length of the pitch and just um, was assisted by uh, by the goalkeeper from United, Andre Anana, not realising how to move his feet and uh, falling over rather than trying to save the ball. Impressive, impressive stuff. One 0 soon became two 0 for Nottingham Forest as um, a corner came in I believe and um, Willie Bolly of all people was uh, was up in the box and managed to head home for a 2-0 lead um, I think if they could have held that 2-0 lead till half time they might have been able to see the game out but sadly Christian Eriksen popped up with a, with a goal before half time uh, and then into the second half uh, the, the scores were level when Casemiro popped up at the back post to slam in the equaliser. Um, and then, sadly, uh, was the, uh, I believe, this is the point when the red card happened. Correct. Um, so, 2-2 Forest had Joe Worrell sent off for a... Last man challenge. I'm just trying to remember, like seeing the seeing the highlights. I think I, I think looking at it, it, it probably was a red card. He wasn't the last man really. Pulled the guy down. Um, well, no one really ran on the cover. The challenge was on Bruno Fernandez as he was trying to like break his way through. From what I remember. Yeah. Um, not the best, but you know, kind of just sort of. From that point, it kind of felt like it was only going to go one way, sadly, and it proved uh, that proved to be the case as Marcus Rashford got the ball on the left-hand side, broke into the box, drew the foul from the Forest defender um, and uh, gave away a penalty that uh, Bruno Fernandes had stepped up to dispatch for uh, 3-2 and the win, sadly, from a Nottingham Forest perspective. Uh, so, entertaining game, but not really the right score for a, for a forest-leaning perspective, shall we say. At least at least they've scored some goals early in the season away from Absolutely. home. So the commentators after last season can jeff off. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So, perspective, uh, sorry, predictions-wise, um, myself and Mr. Cook have gone for 1-1 one, one draws. Uh, sadly, Andy had picked Rashford and Wood to score the goals, so he gets no points there. Um, I console myself with a Fernandez scoring pick, so I get myself one bonus point there. Stu had 1-0 with Fernandez, so he gets two points. Matt had gone 3-1 on this one, so um, sadly his goal scorers, of all of the ones he picked, he only got Ericsson correct, so managed to get himself two bonus points there. So we move on to the battle of the Williams household. Um, I wasn't confident going into this one. I was correct to not be confident going into this one as uh, Middlesbrough succumbed to a 4-2 defeat to West Bromwich Albion, sadly. Um, the opener came in the first half where uh, there was a long throw into the box and Cedric Kipray, um, to say he was a little bit handsy, uh, in the back of, uh, of Johnny Houser would be a little bit of an understatement, but you'd argue that Houser's probably got to be stronger there to hold him off. Ref doesn't give it, so clearly not a foul in his eyes. Uh, the ball fall to uh, Cedric Kiprain, he just slammed on for about six yards out. Uh, one became two not too long after. Uh, John Swift picked up the ball on the left-hand side, carried it past about four Borough players who decided, no, no, now's not the time to put in a challenge, lads. He's, he's got the ball at his feet. He's, he's having a lovely time. He's trying to waltz through our, our, our entire team. Let's just let him. It's absolutely fine. Um, but I did manage to get a goal back uh, with a, a ball down the right-hand side crossed in for uh, a, a debut goal for Emmanuel Latte Lath to uh, get his first goal in Middlesbrough colours. A great header sort of uh, out, of the, out of the reach of the goalkeeper. Um, so comeback was on at that point 2-1 uh, 2-1 sadly in the second half became 3-1 when the, the Borough left back played what can be described as an absolutely suicidal back pass towards the goalkeeper without looking uh, where Brandon Thomas Asante was just free in the penalty box just to pick the ball up and uh, slide it under the goalkeeper for 3-1 Borough got another goal back uh, on the, in, the, in the closing minutes going into uh, injury time when uh, Marcus Force scored a penalty um, however the game was put to bed when uh, West Brom got a fourth with uh, Jeremy Sarmiento um, just picked up the ball on the edge of the box and slapped it home for 4-2 come back over game over 4-2 to West Brom sad times but nevertheless, Borough will go again at some other point. Predictions-wise, Stu had gone for a nil-nil draw. Possibly the no furthest point. away from the actual result. Pretty much. No point to that. Uh, Andy had gone for a 2 nil Middlesbrough win with Silvera and Latte Laff to score the goals. So he does get himself a bonus point for that goal right there. Matt had gone for a 1-1 draw uh, with... Thomas Asante and Latte Laff to score the goal oh. to score the goals. So he gets himself two bonus points for the goal scorers. I was the only sensible one though and went for the one nil home win with Magic to score. So I had to get the one point for the correct result. Next up, it's Mr. Cook's team, ladies and gentlemen. It's his fourth team of the season. 
It was Lincoln City taking on Blackpool. Um, I understand you're going to give us a full breakdown of this game, yeah, Andy? Yeah, I was there live in person. Uh, of course he was. Obviously, press pass. This, press this pass guy get. cannot get enough of Sinselbank. You know Prison Break, where the guy's got all the things, like the, the blueprints tattooed on his back? That's you, but with the blueprints to Sinselbank in it. Yeah, it cost, cost me a fortune, but it was worth every penny. Um, worth every single I'm actually going on uh, going on Monday to get um, a couple of a couple of updates to the, to the schematics put in. So uh, I'm looking forward, really looking forward to that. That's going to be good. Yes. Um, well, if if Mr. Cook didn't see the game, I'll just I'll just give him a little sort of breakdown of it right now. Uh, Lincoln City ran out three 0 winners, which yeah. was impressive as Blackpool hadn't conceded a goal up until this point in the league. Um, so to say that Lincoln gave them a bit of a, a bit of a beasting would probably be a bit of an understatement, to be honest with you. So goals for Mandriu, Erhan, although that definitely just sounds like someone just coughed uh, when they uh, went to uh, name that particular surname, uh, and Bishop. Uh, sadly, I cannot give you the breakdown of those goals as I have not seen them. <laughs> so many followers of penalty. Ah. Fair enough. Um, Predictions-wise, we had all predicted a Lincoln win. So we each get a point. I had gone 1-0 with Udo to score the goals, so that's the end of my points. You had gone 2-1 with Hackett, Fairchild and Walker. Lavery to score the Blackpool, so no bonus points there. Matt had, excuse me, Matt had gone Hackett, Fairchild and Sorensen <coughs> with Beasley to score the Blackpool, no points there. Andy had gone for Hackett Fairchild. No bonus points there. Sad times. Our next game of the week also involved my team, Middlesbrough, where this was League Cup action. So, we had Bolton Wanderers taking on Middlesbrough at the Tough Sheet Community Stadium. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. I did say Tough Sheet, not something else that you... Filthy people might have in your filthy eyes. Filthy, filthy minds, filthy heads. Get it out of the gutter. Um, standard behaviour in this one, in that Middlesbrough decided the best way to start a game is to go 1-0 down. For the fifth, no, sixth time this season, I do apologise, um, Dion Charles, uh, again, just allowed the freedom of the pitch, just to pick the ball up and drill it home. Not a great start. 1-0 to Bolton. Um, Matt Crooks playing, uh, I believe, making his first start of the team. He may have also he may have played in the cup against Huddersfield actually, um, but picked up the ball through. Uh, there was a, a ball played through by Paddy McNair. Um, Matt Crooks got the ball and actually lifted it over the goalkeeper. It was a cracking finish. Um, that's the way it stayed until about the 90th minute um, when. Uh, Borough brought on some subs well brought on subs before the 90th minute but going into injury time it looked like it was going to go into a penalty shootout um, but Riley McGree was able to pick up the ball cut inside and then just unleashed an absolute thunderball into the bottom left hand corner the uh, the celebration alone was probably worth the entry fee as he, he gave it a bit of this and stuff like that as he was running towards the, uh, the supporters uh, and then to add well, not insult to injury as such, but to add a little bit of extra icing on top of the cake, 
Marvin Rogers got his first uh, his first competitive goal in a Middlesbrough shirt. Did uh, did very very well to close the ball down on the right hand side. Um, worked with way back in uh, back in from midfield. Uh, sorry, from the byline. Got the pass back from Riley McGree and slipped it under the goalkeeper for three one. So all in all, a good a good outing for the Borough there. Uh, predictions wise, again we had all picked. A Middlesbrough win. So points there. I had gone 2-0 with Latte Laugh and Rogers to score. So I get, to, I get myself a little bonus point for the scorer there. Stuart gone 1-0 Marcus Force to score. Sadly just a one point. Matt had gone 1-2 with Adebayo to get the goal for Bolton. McGree and Crooks to score for the Borough. So he gets himself three points. Andy had gone for a 2-0 with Force and Latte Laugh. So sadly, no bonus points for Andy, but he does get the he does get the points for the correct uh, correct result. Sorry. So next game sees Nottingham Forest taking on Burnley. Um, as he's not here, I'll give the update. Very 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 dull. This one was nil nil until the ninety first minute when uh, Andouni popped up in the box for Burnley to lift it over the keeper and took it home. Sad. Uh, Sad times for all that were involved, not less. Uh, Stuart Broad, who was doing the uh, coverage of the game in studio at the Sky, uh, he, uh, I believe he announced, uh, yeah, uh, congratulations to Burnley and congratulations to Jimmy Anderson, who no doubt he will have got a text from the second the game finished, so he would have had to uh, concede that one to him. Predictions-wise, I had gone for a 1-0 Forest win with a one to score, no points for me. Stewart gone 1-1 draw. Johnson and De Berg, the goals. No points there. Andy had gone, same as me, 1-0. A 1-ye. No points there. Matt had picked a 2-1 away win. So does get himself a point. Didn't pick the goal score, sadly. We finish again with Mr Cook's team. Lincoln City. And this one had a very similar feel to the Nottingham Forest Burnley game. And then it was... A very dull, nil-nil draw. Went to penalties, and Lincoln came through 3-2 on penalties. So that's not very much taking the scalp of the Premier League team there. Predictions-wise, myself and Mr. Co- uh, myself and Mr. Moore had a 2-1 Sheffield United win. So we were both wrong. Stu had a 2-0 Sheffield United win. Definitely incorrect. Andy had gone for a 1-0 Lincoln win. So I'm giving Mr. Cook the point as he was the only person to have Lincoln down to progress. So, taking that into account, for the week, Mr. Cook ended with four points from seven games. Myself and Mr. Woodbansey had six points from seven games. But taking the week from possibly the third week in a row, I believe, is Mr. Moore with a whopping ten points from seven games. Not only that, if you cast your mind back to last season, every yes. time he wasn't on the podcast, he won the predictions. That does sound about right. There's something yeah. fishy going on here. There might be something to that. We might have to look into this. It's like, w- it's like when he's not on, it's because he's busy using the DeLorean to bring back the uh, scores from the future. Well... Well, well, well indeed. So, 
that's uh, that's week four's predictions and results gone through. We're going to take a small break now, just to compose ourselves. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to go through week five's predictions. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back before you know it. Recording in progress. Welcome back in. So, week four, done and dusted. Matt Moore took the win, as he pretty much has done. And will probably continue to do for the rest of the season. The little slug. We open, speak, speaking of the little slug, we open with his team in week five. <laughs> See, I can get away with it when he's not listening. And uh, therefore, will uh, be less likely to threaten to kill me. Um, we well, well, welcome along to next week's podcast. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel comfortable oh. with this line of questioning. Listen, it is what it is, and uh, if you two rat me out, you're uh, you, you're no better than you know. The, we won't need the, to because he'll blatantly listen to this in the week, <laughs> and then it'll be the, the text will come to the group saying "ball the dead man." So it's fine. Yeah, we get pretty much. The next time we meet up, he's definitely going to put something else in my beer. Uh, we open the week with Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest. He's his team. I have his prediction. I will give it last. Um, to say how well Forest played against Man United. They've obviously not really followed that up with their performance tonight against Burnley in the League Cup. Um, uh, and I fear that they might suffer a similar outcome at Chelsea on Saturday, unfortunately. So I've gone for a 2-0 Chelsea win uh, with Raheem Sterling and Conor Gallagher to get the goals. Uh, I'll come to Stu next because I can almost categorically confirm there is absolutely no way that he's saying the words Conor Gallagher for a goal as he thinks he's absolutely useless. Um, do you know, weirdly, I've, I've, I've turned over a new leaf this season and I've started picking Marcus Fours and I don't know if it's just messing with my head. So I actually do have Chelsea to win 2-0, Jackson to score 1 and the useless prick himself, Gallagher to score the second. This, this is like unprecedented, this, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, next, when it comes to the QPR Borough game, he'll be given a false hat-trick or something like that. Well, well, think about it. I don't want to, like, pull back the curtain too far, but last season, I was all in on not picking force, and he scored a few times. This season, I've already picked him twice, and as the bugger turned up in the games I've picked, no, he's not. So maybe it's some reverse psychology chicanery going on. Watch your space. Mr. Cook, what have you got now? A one-all draw. I've gone with... Goal scorers? Sterling for Chelsea. And a one-year for Forrest. So just to give a little bit of backstory on this as well. Uh, Mr. Awonyi is currently on a run of seven Premier League games in a row where he has scored. Uh, I believe the record is 10. Or it might even be 11 now, Jamie Vardy scored in. It's one or the other. Um, so obviously you only need to score in four more games in a row to tie or set the record. Will he get it? 
Let's see. As it is his team, like I say, Mr Moore has provided us with predictions for this week. He has gone, sadly, for a 2-1 Chelsea win. Uh, he's gone for Raheem Sterling and Jackson to get the goals for Chelsea and a one-year score for us. Next up, we've got Leicester City taking on Hull City. Um, probably Hull's toughest fixture so far this season, you'd argue, against a team that, quite rightly, are favourites and are currently sitting top of the league. Um, they're a very, very strong side on paper. Some very, very good players. Obviously, they've got to get through the transfer window closing on Friday. I have just seen confirmation that it does close on Friday. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, what state their squad is in when the transfer window closes. Because I think there's still a few players to leave that club, personally. Um, however, I still do think they will be too strong for Hull in this game. So I mean, I've gone for a 2-0 win. Mavadidi and Iheanacho to get the goals for Leicester. Andy, what have you got for this one? A very optimistic 1-0 Hull win. Ooh. I'll uh, tell you now, you will get fantastic odds on that. Well, I've already spoken to my book. At least 8-1, to one, I, would, I would imagine. On, yeah. just a, on just a Hull win. Are you goal scorer? Uh, Estupinian. Mr Moore is in agreement with me that he's gone for a Leicester win, which is impressive for him as he doesn't really like Leicester, <laughs> you know, being from the area that he's from. Um, he has gone for Dewsbury Hall, Winks and Vardy to score for Leicester with a consolation strike coming from Mr Ozan Tufan for Hull. Uh, how do you see this one going, Stu? Uh, well, Mr. Hill seems to somewhat agree with you, but only half the value, in the sense of uh, it's currently four to one for a Hull win. Um, I mean, like, no offence, but I'd say in this like in this sort of current day and age, in the Championship, for a team away from home to be four four to one just to win the game is pretty decent odds. Uh, but yeah, I I agree. Pretty much with Paul in the sense of on my sheet I have Leicester two, Hull City nil, goals to be scored by Ian Nacho and Ndidi. Ooh, now Ndidi is a potentially interesting one because I, I'm pretty sure I saw a report where he was he was linked with a move to Forest. So there is a distinct possibility he may not even be in this game. Well, I can't do much about that. Are you going to take the risk? Yeah. I like it. So, we move on to the third game of the week, which is my lot, Middlesbrough, taking on Queen's Park Rangers. Now, to call this a must-win would be a little bit of hyperbole at this point. But Borough do go into this game off the back of three uh, three losses and a draw in the Championship, having, as I said, conceded uh, conceded first in every single game they've played so far in League and Cup. Uh, I would say that if they don't get the three points in this game, Michael Carrick could find himself under severe pressure 
in the international break that's upcoming after this round of games. Obviously, it's my team, so I will go last. You might have an indication of where I might be going with my prediction. Uh, Matt has jumped in with a 2-1 Borough win on this one. He's gone for goals from Latte Laugh and Fours for the Borough. Then he's kicked the old old boy rule straight into effect. And he's gone for Adoma to score for QPR. Will be impressive if the uh, old boy rule works in the opposite way, as uh, Senny Dieng obviously plays in goal for the Borough. Would be impressive if he scored. Uh, Andy, what have you got for this? I've got exactly the same as Matt, apart from no QPR goal scorer. So 2 0, Latte Laugh and Force. 100%. Uh, we're going all in on the caffeinated one because I have got a Borough 1-0 win with Latte Laugh. Found us on the web. Cool. <laughs> ah, our, our, our faithful little assistant getting involved there. Lovely, lovely stuff. Um, I have gone for the same result as one person that has already said something in this podcast. And it is... Mr. Woodman, see, I too have gone for a 1 0 Latte Laugh goal. Like I said at the top, I think it's. It's not must win, but it's probably in the realm of cannot lose, I would say, at this even at this point in the season. If they go five games into the league season without a win and arguably playing one of the three teams that's going to get relegated at home, alarm bells will start to win. Our final game of the week before the international break takes us to Bristol, Mr Cook's hometown, as some might say, to take on his beloved Lincoln City. Obviously, it's Mr Cook's team. He will go last and give the last prediction of the week. I'll jump straight in here. I think this has got a stunning 1-0 away win, smash and grab written all over it. And I've gone with House to score the goal. Mr Moore has gone for a 2-1 away win with McCormick to score for Bristol Rovers, Mandriu and Bishop to get the goals for Lincoln. Stu? Uh, I have got a Lincoln 2-0 win uh, with Hackett Fairchild and House. I'm going to put it out there. If Lincoln continue this sort of like, you know, the sort of the rut and manage to sort of keep themselves at a point where they're still the team and we manage to find ourselves at a point where we've got a free weekend, dare I suggest that we get tickets to a Lincoln game and just take it in and uh, that can be our podcast feature for that one. FKW. The, the boys on tour. Just to, just to slightly cross-pollinate the podcast, uh, for those of you that have seen or indeed listened to the uh, wrestling podcast, the United Kingdom title that hangs on my wall um, when we do the wrestling podcast, that I actually picked that up from Lincoln. So maybe it was some weird foreshadowing that a championship came from Lincoln and now it comes to a different podcast in that form. Watch this space. Go on, Mr. Cook. Give us the last one. Of the, give us the last prediction of the week. How do you think your boys are going to get on? Just a nice, clean one-nil victory. 
with Hackett Fairchild scoring that there goal. I think if I'd have been given free reign to just write whatever I wanted in the space that says Andy in this book for predictions, I think it probably would have been one hill Hackett Fairchild based on the last couple of weeks of predictions. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Week five predictions in the book. Like we said, we are going into the international break. Uh, so obviously, in the last couple of uh, in the last couple of series, we've we've ended up covering uh, the England games uh, that are taking place over the international break. We may still do that, obviously, as we've got Lincoln in play and potentially Bristol City, if they were to beat Lincoln, that would mean that in theory there should be a League One fixture for us to cover whilst the international fixtures will be going on. So, if that is the case, we may just cover those and keep it to that. Obviously, that's a decision we'll just make when it comes to it. Or, if you've got any suggestions as to what you'd like to see us do instead of covering the England games, Hit us up on the socials. Let us know what you think. Comment in the uh, in the YouTube section below, and uh, we'll we'll pick it up and we'll see what we can do. As for uh, as for anything else, uh, have you lads got anything you'd like to bring up from a football perspective this week? Yeah, all set. Oh, I mean, we could talk about how well Harry Kane is doing in Germany since he uh, went to a team that can actually play football. I mean, I mean, yeah, but uh, other than that, no. I do find it quite funny in the uh, the fact that uh, Gary Lineker, Mika Richards, and Alan Shearer have started doing a podcast called. Um, I'm have to check what the name of it is now is because it's something to, it's something to do with at the end of the day or something like that or the end is football. Dun, 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 dun. Quick check. The rest is football. Apologies, um, and. Uh, Obviously, the second that it looked like it was going through, they covered the fact that um, uh, Alan Shearer was incredibly happy that his, uh, his Premier League goal-scoring record was going to be staying intact for at least another couple of seasons until Kane decides to come back to England. Um, oh, when you say couple of seasons, I thought you meant because uh, uh, Haaland was going to catch him up in two years. <laughs> Well, that's what they've said. They've said if he stays away for four seasons, it'll already been broken by Harland anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, this week to open the podcast, uh, Mr Lineker said, um, it's, it's so nice to see that uh, Harry Kane has extended his lead over uh, over, uh, over Alan Shearer to uh, three goals scored in the Bundesliga. Uh, <laughs> a feat which Shearer will now struggle to uh, to break no matter how long he tries for it. Which I thought was quite funny. I don't know. He'd probably get a game somewhere. If you, if you are looking for any other football-based content, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I can thoroughly recommend that podcast. As uh, I think uh, I might be, I might be speaking on my own here, but I honestly think you could just record Micah Richards or Mika Richards just laughing into a into a microphone for the best part of half an hour, and I just sit and listen to it. As uh, his laugh is incredible, but that's just my thoughts. <laughs> Thank you to these two for uh, sitting in with me and uh, going through the, uh, the results and uh, predictions of their uh, respective teams. 
join us again in about seven days' time, where we'll do it, we'll break it down, and we'll do it all over again for you. So until then, you keep yourselves uh, safe and sound, and we'll see you later. So there you go, what you think of that? We were a man down, but I think we managed to do just okay. Just about okay. I think. Anyway, join us for the next football podcast. Pretty sure Matt will be back by then. Unless he's been called up to play for Forrest. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave us a review, especially if it's a good one. And uh, check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There you'll find social media links and an email button so you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.